0: Well, welcome back, community group leaders, to The Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you lead your groups and help them deepen the relationship with God, His Word, and people. My name is Jeremy Wynn. I'm the host of The Deeper Podcast, and joined back again with Joe Hishma.
1: Hey, everyone. Great to be with you today.
0: So we had a week off last week. Bill and Liam led The Deeper Podcast, did a great job, and Bill preached. It was great to hear him share from the Word. It is. But we also had a
1: 25th celebration. That's right. That was two weeks ago yeah. from this weekend. So we had over a thousand people there. Uh, we had fireworks. We had. Dessert trucks. We had uh, incredible worship music. Uh, but the key thing I loved about it was just connecting with people who I hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. And it was, I met a whole bunch of new people who have been coming to our church as well as uh, established people who've been here for a while. Been a really great night. I needed that. That was a, I get pumped up when I'm with people, I get my energy back. So it's, it was great. What about you? Um, I did enjoy it. My wife was working at the hospital and so
0: Judah was with me. So we were running around and he wanted to go in the inflatables. So we'd stand in line and then we'd get up there and then he was too scared to go in it. (laughs) And so then we'd go figure out something else. And then we think he wanted to be in line for dessert. And then he decided he didn't want that. So I felt like we just kind of ran around the whole night. Yes. Welcome to a a two-and-a-half-year-old, right? That's right. But it was a lot of fun. Good. All right, well, we're going to jump in the passage today, so we're going to reap through the passage, so we're going to read it, examine it have some application questions, and then pray. So we're gonna be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Joe, can you
1: set the stage for us, kind of the context of where we're coming as we jump into the passage? Sure, so we're still in the Sermon on the Mount. This was the Mount um, overlooking the Sea of Galilee, and so whenever I think of Galilee, I go off the grid. It's in this, um, in this country land, these small little towns and villages, but it was off the grid of the Roman Empire. Even though it was included in the Roman Empire, it really wasn't a concern of the Roman Empire. And if you think about it, that's this—that's the same place where Jesus kind of built his closest followers and discipled them, and then they went and he loosed them from there to go to the ends of the earth and advance the kingdom of God. And so he's at—he's sharing this this picture of the king and the kingdom. And he's calling them to live for the king and his kingdom. But he's explaining that it's going to be much different than the kingdom of this world. And so that's what he's training us on. And he's calling us away from what's very normal in all of us to what is godly and only he can do for us. Let me read the passage for us this week.
0: So in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, it says this, "'Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life.' and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, Joe, as you share your message, and as community group leaders prepare for time with their groups, what will be that big idea or takeaway that you want to make sure that they, they grasp and make sure that yeah. their
1: group members grasp? Okay, so what is Jesus doing in this passage? He's deconstructing worry in order to reconstruct them with faith. And worry is something that is very normal in all of us. All of us do it. And so Jesus is just going to say over and over, uh, it doesn't have to be in your life. And he says it with this phrase, do not worry. And and then he he basically says all these negative statements about worry, and he's doing that just to kind of prove to us over and over that it's an inf- in, it's ineffective, it's an ineffective way to build faith. And if we're going to be about the king and his kingdom, worry is really going to be a burden to, uh, to us in our lives. And he spoke to them in a first-century world, and they worried about um, food and drink and clothing. And the food was not this huge five-course meal. It was just enough to satisfy their hunger. The drink was not um, the different types of soft drinks or other beverages that adults desire in our world today. It was just water and having our, their, their primal thirst— satisfied and even their clothing um, the typical person had no more than three um, you know uh, outfits that they wore and all of them looked the same. <laughs> they kind of uh, it, it was a very simple thing they didn't have ha- near the choice that we have today. And so if he's going to call that to not worry about that in a first century world, he's definitely going to confront a lot of things that we worry about in the 21st century.
0: And so then along with that, um, I mean, you do a great job in your message laying this passage out. So is there anything, as you study this week, that you
1: did not include your message that you'd like to share here? Okay, this is for podcast only, okay. and I like that. This is, comes as no extra no extra charge. But look at that, that verse again with me, where it says in verse 33 of chapter 6, it says, "...but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all these things will be added to you. Now, certainly, this teaches that all those other smaller concerns of our lives will follow what what our greatest concern or our greatest pursuit will be. And so, our greatest pursuit has to be the King Jesus and His kingdom. Okay. And so, it says here, though, but seek first His kingdom or the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What is it? What's the difference between the seeking the kingdom of God? And the righteousness of God. Well, let's take a look at the kingdom of God and ask the simple question. How does someone get into the kingdom of God? They believe God. They take him at his word that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again for us. And by faith, we receive that forgiveness of our sins, eternal life, and a confident, expectant hope that this is not our world that we live for. We live for, ultimately, the kingdom of God. And so that's a message that we first have to receive and seek it but then we seek it out in the world, that the world may know that Christ is our Messiah and that by, through faith, they would put their faith and trust in him. So it's certainly evangelistic. It's sharing the gospel. It's receiving the gospel and sharing the gospel. That's seeking the kingdom of God. Secondly, though, his righteousness. What does that mean? Well, that's primarily uh, targeted to the unbelieving world. That when we live in the unbelieving world, when people don't believe in Christ, what should we seek? Even in a secular, godless world, and by that, people who don't believe in God or orient their lives around God, um, we're encouraged to represent the righteousness of God in that, in that environment. And so that, that certainly means that we're, um, we're people who live uh, the character of Christ, so that people will see and get glimpses and a taste of the kingdom of God, which we want them to believe. So Christians are to seek both. They're to seek the advancement of the gospel in our generation, and then we're to seek the righteousness of God in our community.
0: Great! Thanks for sharing all that. I appreciate sure that. no extra charge. good insights. <laughs> uh, now we're going to move to application. As we move to the application section, um, you know this this whole topic of worry. I think it is it's very personal, and there can be shame involved of not wanting to share some of our worries. Like we're a Christian, we shouldn't have this. So I think these application questions are going to be. Good, and important for us to be able to be vulnerable and deepen our relationships, even each other, as we share some of the responses. So we're going to have a question that we're going to be asking um, every week moving forward, and it's the preaching to yourself question. So here's this question is, what aspect of the passage most challenged you, and how are you living and walking with Jesus
1: differently because of it? I think for me, Jeremy, to answer that one, um, I, just as I studied this and I started thinking about the birds of the, of the air and the flowers of the field, that God clothes the flowers, he feeds the birds. Um, our Heavenly Father does that to seemingly insignificant beings. There are some meadows in this world that no human eye will ever set their eye on, but God takes glory and delight and pleasure in it. The flower blooming in that environment. And with the over 200 billion birds uh, population in the world, there's many a bird that have never been seen or heard by humanity. And yet, our heavenly They Fathers, were never seen or heard, but yet they were counted. They were counted. They Even though they, were, they weren't seen or heard. Someone counted them. <laughs> yes. By the way, just to give you a little footnote on that, the right now, the average estimate is between 50 billion and 400 billion birds. Okay in our in our world today. I pick the middle one okay. just to be safe. <laughs> okay. But even if it's fifty, the low number, it's still seven times more populous than humanity yep. is on this earth. Yep. So I for for me, it when I worry, I basically have forgotten who I am as God's beloved son. And I forget who God is as my loving heavenly father who who values me. And feeds me and provides for me, and has saved me in Christ, and has has uh secured me and clothed me in Christ with uh and, and I live in a time where i we have so much- excess that why would we ever need to worry when God has been our provision, and God has called us to be his children
0: yeah and I think for me um the word is scarcity is I can. Uh, when I'm worrying, it usually comes down to some sort of a fear, a fear of mm-hmm. I'm not going to have enough money, I'm not going to have enough time, do I have enough you know, talent or whatever it might be to help get something done. And so... For me, as I've kind of dug deeper to the root of, okay, what's beneath this anxiety? Okay, it's a fear of not having enough. And so I guess what has transformed me about my walk with Jesus, because this passage is what you talked about of seeking first the kingdom. So is my first response when I have those times of anxiety, when I have those fears come up, is it to dwell on them more? Or is it to seek first Jesus and allow his truth to speak into the lies of scarcity and not being enough in those different situations? Yeah. All right. So now we got a couple more questions. The first one is, what do you find yourself worrying about in your day?
1: Okay. I did a lot of thinking on this because um, as I listened to birds this week, and as I looked at some flowers this week, I, I was confronted by my own worry. And there's two areas around worry. I think one of them is um, with my family. And it's not like there's any crisis going on in my family right now. But I look over the things that concern me uh, that's going on in the lives of my children. Um, And each of them, and, and I mean, each of them is pursuing Christ. But I know that they're dealing with different challenges that they share with me. And I'm so thankful they do. But I have that option, am I going to make this about the kingdom, or am I going to make this about my empire, the empire of my family? (laughs) And family can do that. I can be more worried about my family than I entrust them to God. The second area is, frankly, this church. Um, This has been a challenging time to lead, um, and there are people who have uh, said a bunch of nasty things, and it has caused me sometimes to worry and to question and as I, as I look at that in my own life, I had to realize that this is an invitation to deepen my faith as a pastor in this church. And I thought I'd be so much, just as a 56-year-old now, I thought I'd be so much farther down the road on this, and yet those times when I worry, I feel so humiliated. But I think that's where I have to realize that the places where I worry are the invitations for faith. And if I see it as that, then what is God doing through worry? He's confronting it by calling me back into faith. So you're basically trying to answer both questions in one.
0: That's great. Because our second question okay. is, uh, how is this worry an invitation to faith? So I'll let you finish your up yours in a, in a second. But for me, I mean, I could definitely relate with both of those right now. We're my family and I, we're in the process of a move, and so as you move, uh, that kind of speaks in that scarcity, right? So, you know, is there gonna be enough resources to help with everything? The energy of moving stuff, uh, at the hospital, it's been busy with my wife, so she's been working extra and, sure. and just being stretched then. And then at, at work, I mean, I, I love my role and what I get to do, but uh, we're short, a community groups director right now, which we're excited about hopefully getting that filled soon, but mm-hmm. just stretched thin uh, in a lot of ways. So that can cause me to to worry about, um, you know, am I going to have enough energy, money, whatever it might look like? and And then you know, am I gonna be able to love my wife well and then give my best to Judah and my son and some of those things. Sure. So then how is this an invitation to faith? Um, for me it's been just his provision, his provision for people helping us move or the resources to help with things or um the energy to give my best when I still go home to spend time with Judah and Paige and give my best to, to be in God's Word and some of those types of things. So trusting not in my own strength, but in God's strength and God's provision through all of it.
1: Yeah. So for me to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness it, with our church, I think it really has to be something that um, it, when I'm invited to this faith, to deepen my faith, I have to look at the past and god has been more than faithful to us and if i look at the even the 25 year celebration what we talked about here think about all the years uh, all the different challenges we've had as a church all the different blessings we've had at a church and i think when i can just look back on what he's done and go he's done so much greater than i could have ever constructed or planned and he's been he did it far above Far above anything uh, that that I could have arranged, and so because of that, I can trust him in the things that I worry about today. Yeah. Because of his faithfulness in the past. Mm.
0: So uh, groups, as they share, you know, some people might share some really vulnerable anxieties Absolutely. and worries. Any suggestions for group leaders of how to yeah. help shepherd Thanks this conversation? Thanks for asking that question,
1: because you're going to hear some things that are legit <laughs> to worry about. Yeah. So let's say someone in your small group is diagnosed with cancer and the doctor has said you have this amount of time to live. Um that is it's still it's still an opportunity for faith. It's still an opportunity because whether we live or whether we die, we live by faith not by sight. And so that's that's that picture of affirm that person always say my goodness, thank you so much for sharing that was really meaningful for me to hear that. And by that, I just hear you accepting God uh, to live by faith and not by worry. And can I pray for you to do that? That might be a time for you to just pause and everybody pray for that person and commit them, them asking God for deeper faith in all of you and in them specifically.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was going to highlight what you just shared is the most we can do, the best we can thing we can do is pray. And so don't feel weird or obligated or anything. Like if you just feel the Spirit leading, let's just pause. We take some extra time to pray. Incorporate extra prayer into your groups this week to really be in prayer over these, these areas of worry and of anxiety in people and that
1: it is an invitation to faith. And if I could just say one more thing, uh, this, these past 18 months, just across the world— anxiety has just gone through the roof with people. And anxiety unsolved turns into anger and being short-fused and impatient. And if you look at our world right now, inside and outside the church, those are descriptors of us. We are impatient, we are uh, angry and bitter, and we're quick, quick to react and quick to move out of worry and fear rather than to live by faith and trust and rest in the provision that God has given us. So it's you're going to hear that. It's just the opportunity that we have as a church to lead through this, right?
0: Joe, would you pray for
1: yeah. us in our groups? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're going to be doing in groups this week. I thank you for your word, which guides us, which deconstructs worry. We don't have to worry. Like the rest of the world, we can be people who live in our identity and live by faith, not by sight. And we trust you. We trust you. May our lives have the greatest pursuit of King Jesus and his kingdom. May, when we worry, just quickly move back to understanding why we're here. It's to love and serve Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and pursue his kingdom and his righteousness on earth. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: As we look ahead, I got two
1: things for you. One is
0: the father-daughter dance. So if you are a father and you've got a daughter or you're a father figure um, in someone's life, then make sure you register. It's going to be October 8th. And it's going to be from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. here at the church, and it only costs $5. I think if I read about it right, there's going to be face painting, there's going to be desserts, there's going to be dancing, all kinds of things. So if you're a father or a father figure and you have a daughter, please register. You can go to fbc.topica.com slash events and register for that on October 8th. And then the other thing is the deeper experience over the life of Jesus. It's going to be October 28th here at the church. It's going to be a three-hour experience from 6 to 9, going through the life of Jesus with pictures uh, from Israel from, right. as Joe's been there um, and looking at passages of Matthew and walking through that. So we'll give you some even more updates about that in the next couple of weeks, but um, save that date and be looking forward to that. Well, with that, leaders, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for leading your groups and for being a part of uh, listening to the Deeper Podcast this week. Again, we're so thankful for you that we're able to partner with you as you lead your groups and help them deepen the relationship with God, His Word, and people. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Bye-bye.